Hey, this is Pastor Hubbard. I'm the pastor of Connecting Fellowship and welcome to Life on the Ship. Thank you for joining us. I pray this sermonic discussion inspires you and empowers you to connect with the true and living God. Enjoy the message. Verse 35 begins these words. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. While she entered Zariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, listen now, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Y'all missed that, didn't you? Verse 42 says, In a loud voice she claimed, Blessed are you among women. Oh, you will bear. But why am I favored that the mother of my Lord, y'all not hearing me, should come to me? And as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. For first, I want to put a tag on this text in the second installment of this Christmas season. And I want to talk about leap. Would you say that with me? Leap. Living every day alive purposely. We're going to leap today. You may be seated. Leap. Father, bless these next few minutes. As we open the pages of your book. Speak to our hearts as I pray. In Jesus' name. All of God's people say amen. Would you say that with me again? Leap. That's what we want to talk about. Leap. A couple of things in this text I want us to see. If the law so permits, I'll be able to finish it. If not, then you'll have the skeleton to add the meat to the bone. But if we're going to leap, that is, if we're going to live every day in a manner that's pleasing to God, if we're going to live every day alive purposefully, there are a few things we're going to have to do. Number one is we're going to have to move our bodies. Would you say move my body? We're going to see it here in the text. Secondly, not only must we move our bodies, but we must also affirm our truths. We're going to have to affirm our truths. Mary affirms her truth. And Elizabeth affirms hers. We'll see it right here in the text. 
And then finally, we're going to have to learn how to appreciate God's goodness. And sisters, I'm going to ask you to do a very difficult thing this day. And that is forget all of the seasonal trappings that surround you and seduce you into thinking that Advent, that is the first coming of our Lord, doesn't matter. Forget about the decorations. I know you're good at it. Forget about the endless shopping for gifts that will barely last 30 days. Forget about the cooking and the endless uh, sweet treats that fill this holiday season. I'm asking you to free yourself from all of the seasonal trappings to hear what the Spirit will say to the church this day. And I want to argue this morning like a prosecuting attorney, that Advent matters. That the coming, the first coming of our Lord matters. That the hype of Advent and the hope of Christmas is not overinflated. Or it may be, in a very real sense, overshadowed. But I contend that it is not overinflated. Because God in all of his wisdom has an agenda and we've missed it. Maybe we've missed the reason for the season because we have been slow to clear away all of the manufactured cheer. And man-made concoctions of celebration. Maybe we've missed it. Because we failed to remove those things. And maybe if we do discover that has an entire agenda, and it's right here in this text. And our text is an extraordinary set of verses from the pen of Luke, the physician. Luke, the author of this book and the companion edition called Acts, writes to a man named Theophilus, which means loved by God, a friend of God. And I can't run by that without pausing here parenthetically uh, to remind somebody that God has a word for those who are loved by him. He's got a word for those who are friends. Luke is known for his painstaking research and accuracy with these words leaves for us nuggets of truth to live our lives to the fullest for God. That's the blessing found in this powerful passage that merits our attention as we contemplate not only the Advent season, but also our future living. The question is, on the table this morning, Miss Elizabeth, (laughs) how do we how do we live every day alive purposefully? My brothers and sisters, it is time for us to turn the corner of our understanding of this word as empowerment for our lives. We need to hear the warnings, receive the encouragement, and react to God's powerful and sure promises. Somebody holler leap. Oh, hold on to your seats. Because in the early verses of this text, Gabriel 
Heaven's angelic messenger has made two significant and swift visits. First, he stopped temple to visit a priest by the name of Zechariah. Zechariah, my brothers and sisters, is one of 18,000 priests in Israel. This is significant because the 18,000 priests were separated into four divisions, which means that the priests, are y'all listening to me, only had to serve in the temple, Michael J., just two weeks out of every year. Oh, if I had time, I could talk about what if every member took their assignment to serve God seriously. I said, if I had time, what happened if every member took their duty to serve God seriously? I want to contend that that would be no burnout. That would be no exhaustion amongst God's elect. That would be no attrition or no lack in God's service. God's work would continue uninterrupted. And unaffected. God's work would not fall on just one, but be distributed amongst all because God has given to every believer. Lord, have mercy. Every child of God possesses a spiritual gift for use in his kingdom. God gave us sought and unsolicited gifts for his personal. Help me to preach this and tell you, you need to tell yourself first, I've got to use what God gave me. Oh, y'all ain't going to help me today. You ought to say, tell yourself, I've got to use what God gave me. Then you ought to tell your neighbor, neighbor, use what God gave you. If we would just use what God gave us, the church would be stronger if the people of God used what God gave them. The community would improve if the people of God used what God gave. Citadels of hope and love if the people of God used the gifts that God gave them. Historians tell us that not only did the priest serve two weeks a year, but the work that Zechariah was do was assigned to do. That is, he had the position of lighting the incense, the altar of incense yeah, yeah. near the Holy of Holies, and the two of them took, could perform it. Yeah, yeah. Are y'all listening to me? Yeah. I said only two could do it, and those priests determined by drawing lots when this duty was a, the priest would come out. Of the temple. And then they would stand on the steps of the temple. And they would then bless the people with these words. Are y'all ready for it? The priests, after they had performed their duties, would come out of the temple, step on the steps of the temple, and then lift their hands towards the people and say, the Lord bless you and keep you. (laughs) The Lord make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. This is important and significant because on the day that Gabriel comes to visit Zechariah, he is just performing his priestly duty. The Bible says Zechariah becomes gripped by fear because something is standing next to him he's never seen before. He becomes gripped in fear and the angel tells him, oh, he tells Zechariah, your prayer has heard. Oh, y'all said, I said, the angel tells Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. And I got pause here because I feel a shout coming. You ought to tell somebody your prayer has been heard. Oh, y'all ain't shouting with me today. I said, your prayer has been heard. Whether you have been praying with ease or praying with frequency, God still hears. You may have been barren, but your prayer has been heard. 
You may have been battling sickness, but your prayer has been heard. You may have financial difficulties, oh, but I come by to tell you, your prayer has been heard. You may be wondering how you're going to pay your bills, but the text is tailored to teach you your prayer has been heard. And here it is. I don't know who I'm talking to, but God has heard your cry. God has heard your petition. God has heard your request. And I've been sent to deliver this message. Help is on the way. Help me to preach it. I said help is on the way. Help. I said help is on the way. Mama put it this way. He may not come when you want him. But he's always on time. All she was saying was help is on the way. And it's not good news. Good news to know that God yes, still hears and answers prayer. Here it is. Gabriel informed Zechariah. Your wife will bear a son and you are to call him John. Zachariah, your son is going to be uh, a delight to you. He's going to be a blessing to many people. And John is going to be great in the sight of God. Yo, son will bring the people back to God. That's what he says in verse number 16. But then verse number 18 blows my mind because uh, Zachariah says, how can this be? How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. And my wife is yes, not some 18-year-old wildcat. She's not some 30-year-old puma. She's not some 40-year-old cougar. Y'all help me here. He says in a very real sense, if I can hoverize it, if I can be candid, she's a 60-year-old panther. She's past childbearing years. She's barren. And the Bible says because he did not believe good news from the angel. Uh, He was silenced. His mouth was shut up. He couldn't utter a word. He could open his mouth, but he couldn't speak. And my brothers and sisters, this makes verse number 22 come alive for us because the Bible says he comes out of his temple. He could not speak to them. Meaning that he could not come out and bless the people with a priestly blessing. The people knew that something was wrong because it was tradition that after the priest came out, they would stand before the people on the steps of the temple and they would say, the Lord bless you. And the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The Lord, yes, turn his face towards you and give you his peace. The people knew that something was wrong because no words came out of Zariah's mouth. Zechariah was Gabriel's first visit. But his second visit was to a young virgin girl named Mary. But the difference between Mary and Zechariah is Mary believed God. Lord have mercy. I wish I had some help here. I wish I could just have some people who just would believe God. Believe that God is able to. Exceedingly and abundantly. Above all that we are able to even ask or to think. And I want to pause and ask somebody who's in the house or who's watching or in the virtual sanctuary. Do you believe that God is able? Do you believe that God can do anything? Do you believe that nothing is, yes, impossible with God? And here it is, here it is. The difference between Zechariah and Mary is Mary believed God. 
as she listened to her words, she says to this angelic ambassador, to this marvelous mouthpiece to Christ congressman, he says, she says to him, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And I have to pause once again to remind somebody that Mary's call is no different from the call that God gave to Moses or to Abraham or to Isaiah or to Jeremiah. They all found themselves surprised by the call of God. And yet here it is. Uh, they even found themselves oftentimes annoyed by the call. Not so much at their own unworthiness for because of this high calling, but they were annoyed at the practical level of inconvenience. Oh, y'all ain't going to help me today. I said they were annoyed because of the level of inconvenience. Moses, Abraham, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and especially Mary, all had other things. Boy, y'all going to, they making me work hard in here today. I said they all had other things to do. They had other yeah, uh, important things. They had other urgent things. They had the fulfillment of their own destinies, the and forth of their own lives, their own choices, their own options and challenges. And here it is. Mary had a wedding to plan. You see, to a carpenter, and she had a house to prepare, furniture to pick out. And here comes God interrupting life. And then not just like God, always interrupting. He comes. Just, ah, uh, we think we got it all together. And here comes God interrupting life. Yet, I want you to notice that she does not run from the interruption. But she embraces the interruption. She embraces it because she utters these words, I am the Lord's servant. I said, I am the Lord's servant. She said, I am the Lord's servant. And I'm wondering, is there anybody here who, who would just acknowledge the fact that I am the Lord's servant? I might be unworthy, but I'm still his servant. I might not do everything he tells me to do, but I'm still his servant. Mary believed, she believed, she believed God, she believed God, she believed God. And when she did, she received the angel's words. And verse 39 says something happened to her. Book says that she got ready. And hurry to a town in the hill country of Judea. Yeah. And if we're going to leap this season and the seasons to come, we must learn to move our bodies. All right. Are y'all in here? Yes, Mary, when Mary believed, she did not sit on her blessing. <laughs> she did not keep the good news to herself. Right. The Bible says she got ready and she hurried yeah, 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 yeah. to Elizabeth's house. Yeah, yeah. She moved her body to confirm the angel's words. She moved in confirmation and she moved in affirmation. Now, 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 Elizabeth, you need to understand, uh, did not live around the corner. She didn't live in another block. Mary lived, um, uh, Elizabeth lived in the hill country. And so for Mary to get to Elizabeth's house, this would not there be an easy journey. The road would be tough. Treachery Mary, it would be worth the trip. And some of you looking and listening, the road for you has not been without trials and tribulations. But somebody here can testify like Maya Angelou, I would trade nothing for my journey now. 
This wasn't an easy trip. It was a difficult journey. In fact, 100 day journey. It would take her three months to get to Elizabeth's house. And yet she did not turn around. She did not say, I'm tired. I'm going back. I believe the angels were, but I don't see it for myself. She, she continues on. She keeps moving to a higher place. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but that's God's design for us to move to a higher place. He does not want us to remain in the low places. He's a God who calls us to go higher. And we must move our bodies to go higher. But that's another step uh, uh, to leaping. And it's found in verses 40 through 44. And that is, we learn the truth. She goes to Mary's house. And when she gets to Mary's house, something happens when she arrives to Elizabeth's house. Verse 40, she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, yeah, yeah. the bleat uh, in her womb. Yeah. All right. Y'all missed that? Uh-uh. The baby leaped Bleat. Yeah. in the womb. John, who has a name but has yet to be born, yeah. leaped in the womb. John, who is still trapped in his mother's womb. John, who is nine months old now, in the womb, cannot contain himself. Lord have mercy. When he hears Mary's voice, but I contend that it wasn't Mary's voice that this unborn child heard. It was the nearness to God that he heard. Because Mary was carrying inside of her, inside of her was now Three-month-old uh, Jesus, which tells us that those who are inside of the womb can still communicate with the outside world. Are y'all listening to me? That's why we are not give up. That's why we are not throwing the towel because God is still working even in the womb. He, David said he knew me. When I was being for innermost places. And here it is, John, John, John leaps for joy just at the nearness of being with God. Jesus, the one who hadn't uh, done a miracle yet. Jesus, the one who hadn't turned no water into wine. Hadn't healed no sick, hadn't raised no dead, hadn't broken no fish or no bread. And yet, here it is, even in the womb, he is God. Oh, my goodness. Don't that ought to make you leap? Make you leap to know that we are near God, that God is near us. It was the nearness to God that this unborn baby perceived. And when the unborn baby leaped, Bible says, Deb, that something happens to Elizabeth. Are y'all in here? The book says that the Holy Spirit filled with the Holy Spirit. Wait a minute. This is not Pentecost. This is not Jesus has not come, has not been uh, born and buried or uh, uh, killed and buried and uh, uh, arose again. This is not the, the one when he stands upon the cloud and descends back to the heavens. When he tells his disciples, wait in the upper room. This, this is the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, but this is not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yet, whenever you, we become near.
to God, you cannot help but to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe, maybe, my brothers and sisters, that's the problem in our society today. That, that there are many of us who are hankering to be near God. But if the people of God will be near God, the world will be a better place. We would hear from God. We would be filled with God. And I want to contend that when we are filled with God, we'll walk right. When we are filled with God, we'll talk right. When we are filled with God, we will live right. When we are filled with God, we will do those things that he did. Can I get a witness here? Book says Mary became overwhelmed just because the baby leaped and she became overwhelmed at being at the nearness of God until she becomes filled with the Holy Spirit. I was watching. I was watching the other day. Real. That's that's something on Snapchat, you know. Uh, for those who, who talking about what's the real. And uh, uh, I was watching, and uh, that was a man who was walking New Orleans. He was in New Orleans on Bourbon Street, and uh, on Bourbon Street he was filled with bourbon. <laughs> How do I know? How do I know? Ask me, how do I know he was filled with bourbon? Oh, y'all asking good questions. He was, I know, filled with, with bourbon while ever having a conversation with this man because he walked different. Walked with a lean. He messed around and turned his head and became, in, uh, uh, it, it threw it. So only was he walking with a lean, he eventually tips over and falls. Falls in front of a family. The family looks at him and they do. What's wrong with him? But the matter is, he was filled with another substance. But when we are filled with God's spirit, it'll help us to walk right. Help us to live right. Help us to talk right. Help us to be better believers. We'll start looking like the one who gave his life for us. Can I get a witness here? Living expected. We'll start living with purpose. We'll start living with God's agenda. We'll start living with heaven on our mind. Somebody say filled with the spirit. That's what happens. She was filled with the spirit. She was filled with the Holy Spirit. And when she was filled with the Holy Spirit, listen, God started revealing stuff to her that he hadn't yet told her. She didn't know that Mary was with child. I told you it took about three months for the journey. So which means that perhaps in my sanctified imagination, maybe Mary was showing. Perhaps. Or maybe she wasn't showing. But I just believe because she was filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was something that was not yet visible. Are y'all in here? And she says, listen to what she says, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. Oh, my God. Did y'all hear me? She she announces that she and I just Mary hadn't told anybody. In fact, I believe she hadn't told anybody because she was just told. Joseph didn't know. We'll find out later on what Joseph knew. 
But Joseph did. She hadn't told Joseph. She perhaps hadn't even told her parents because the text says when the angel told her what was going to happen to her, she got her. And she went straight away to Elizabeth's house. She went to affirm and confirm the reality of Gabriel's message. And God confirms through Elizabeth what was confirmed and announced to this virgin girl named Mary. Something happened in that house, I tell you. Because verse 43 says, Elizabeth says, why am I so favorite? That the mother of my Lord. But y'all missing all this. All in this God language. All of this divine. All these salvific messages. She says, my Lord. Should come to me. Which is a foreshadowing of why Christmas matters. Than about him just simply being born. It's more than just about how he lived. But it's a, it is a foreshadowing to the fact that there's a, a, a hill and a cross waiting for him. And he cannot be Lord unless he go by the way of the cross. And on that cross, uh, on Calvary's hill, the one who is still a baby in the womb, the one who would walk and live amongst us. Yes, sir. The one, yes, do good works amongst his people. The one who would heal sick and raise the dead, unstop deaf ears, open up blinded eyes. The one who, when people were hungry, he fed them. When they needed clothing, he put clothes on them. The one lived amongst us found himself accused of a crime he didn't commit. But the crime he took upon himself were your sins and my sins and the sins of the world to come. And they placed him, Lord have mercy, on a hill called Calvary. Put, they put, they put, they put, they put nails in his hands and nails in his feet. And the Bible says that this baby did die. Can I get a witness here? He died, I tell you, until the sun refused to shine. He died until the centurion who was standing at the foot of the cross says, the son of God. I say, died. can I get a witness here? Grown folks say, didn't he die? The old preacher, didn't he die? But only on the third day. Can I get a witness here? He got up with all power in his hands. Mary, Elizabeth says that, that when this baby, when she heard your voice, this baby in my womb leaped for joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she All says, right. blessed is she who has believed the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Mm-hmm. And here it is, my brothers and sisters, not only must we affirm your truths, but we must appreciate God's goodness. We got to appreciate God's goodness. Is there anybody who can testify that God's been good? We got to appreciate his goodness. We ought to appreciate his goodness because he's a God who keeps his promises. Well, I got to leave you now. May the Lord bless you real good, but appreciate God's goodness. Bible says, blessed is she who has believed the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. 
Charles Haddon Spurgeon, that British Baptist preacher said, one is able to compete with God in the language of liberality. In other words, the promise flow from the boundlessness of his love. Therefore, we not trust one promise and doubt another. We have the confidence that God keeps it. And here is the God who keeps his promise. Elizabeth discovered for herself that God is a promise keeper. Elizabeth testifies that God is trustworthy. We can count on God to fulfill his promises. Can I get a witness here? That he is dependent. That he is reliable. That he is worthy of our fidelity. Paul said it this way, that he God who cannot lie. Elizabeth and Mary discovered that God makes the promises, but we have to claim them. Can I get a witness? So let's leap. Let's live every day alive purposefully because God is a promise keeper. You ought to leap because he keeps his promise. You ought to leap to your feet because God keeps his promise. You ought to uh, wave your hand because God keeps his promise. I wish I had somebody who knows that God is a promise keeper. Has he ever kept the promise to you? I can't. I, I come by to tell you he did keep a promise to you. Can I tell you one promise he kept to you? He woke you up this morning. Oh, y'all don't appreciate that. I said one of the promises he kept to you is that he woke you up this morning. If I had to tell you uh, one more promise, I would tell you that he woke you up this morning. Right on, say, started me on my way. Put me in my right mind. Uh, put food on the table. Clothes on my back. Salvation in my lips. He is a promise keeper. And I got one more promise for you. He's coming back again. This might be the first advent. The first coming. But the Bible tells us he's coming back again. So you ought to leave. Live every day. Alive. With purpose. Because the one who came the first time is coming back again. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another uplifting and inspiring message by Pastor Hubbard and the staff of Life on the Ship. For more information about our church, go to connectingfellowship.org. We are Connecting Fellowship, connecting people to Christ, church, and community. Thank you again for listening. Have a great week and God bless you.